We honor you on tonight, and we thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you tonight to teach us, to lead us, guide us into all truth. Bring to our remembrance what the word of God has spoken unto us and reveal unto us tonight. And, Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I, it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who live in us. And you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against every germ, every disease, every virus that's in the atmosphere that's trying to come against our bodies right now in Jesus' name. We bind them right now in Jesus' name. And God, I loose your healing upon your people right now from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. I say be healed and be made whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to do a recap from last week. And in doing that recap, I did add another scripture to what we went over last week. And what we've been going over is the pattern of the church and um, how God want the church, um, you know, how, how God want the church to be run. And we also talked about two weeks ago, the apostles and how there were 12 apostles. They were the apostles of the lamb and Jesus, how those apostles come about. He had many disciples and he chose out of those disciples, 12 apostles that he wanted to be the apostles of the lamb. And after he chose them, we know that they were disciples first. So they were learners. They were followers of Jesus Christ. That's what a disciple is. When he chose them before he left to uh, be with the father he spent another 40 days with them going over the kingdom of God. So those apostles had everything that they needed in order to um, make disciples and lay the foundation of Jesus. The only foundation that need to be laid was the one that he had given them. And that's why um, Matthew, the 28th chapter, come up. And I'm going to go over that right quick. Go with me to Matthew 28. And everybody is familiar with this great commission. And Jesus left this with them. He said in verse 16, Matthew 28, 16. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. There were 11 of them because as we um, know, Judas Iscariot, he ended up killing himself. So that left 11 disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That means he's saying, Go ye therefore and make disciples. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So what Jesus did, he gave them the great commission and he told them to teach others, making disciples based on what they were taught. So those apostles knew the foundation. They spent the whole time with Jesus so they knew what Jesus was teaching them and that's what they were going to teach others. They were only going by what they already had. They did not add nothing to it. They did not take nothing away from it. So when you get over there in um, Acts chapter 1, when Jesus um, spent another 40 days with them, he still reminded them that he wanted them to wait 
for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. Now they already had the Holy Spirit indwelling because that's determined in John, what, the 20th chapter when he um, breathed on them. And when he breathed on them, we know that was the breath of life that was entering them. So that was the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about that. But he told them, I want you to wait for the power that's going to come upon you from on high. So they need to be filled with the power of God. And each time that God was operating in them, the power of God will come upon them to do the work of God. So that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They had to wait for that in order for them to go out to be an effectual witness for Jesus Christ. None of us in this room can be an effectual witness for him, for, for him without the power of God coming upon us. So they waited in the upper room, but before this happened, they had to choose someone else to take the place of Judas Iscariot. And they did find someone, but the one they chose had to be one that was with them from the time they walked with Jesus until the time that Jesus was caught up to be with the Father. They had to walk with him that whole time. It could not be in and everybody. This is why, just because people come into the church and they say they know the Bible from the back to the front, from the front to the back, you do not make them pastors in a church, you do not make them evangelists, you do not just uh, put a title in front of their name when they haven't, they don't have the foundation, the whole counsel of God. So that's what Jesus told them, and they followed his command, so that made 12 apostles of the Lamb. After that, we know in Acts chapter 2 is when they waited. All of them were on one accord. They were waiting on the power of God to come upon them. And we see it did. They started speaking in tongues. That's the evidence showing that the power of God was upon them to go out and do the work of God, to, to go out and be effectual witnesses for Jesus Christ. Because what he was saying, when you teach what I have given you to teach, he said, what's going to happen, my power is going to be evident through what you're teaching and people going to know that you are from what the father, that you're doing what the father will have you to do. You're doing what I will have you to do because they're seeing the signs and they're seeing the wonders follow you. They follow those who believe. So we see after Peter began to um, teach what happened, people began to ask what must they do to be saved. Their hearts was pricked. Peter had boldness at that time in which we know that Peter didn't have this before um, the power of God come upon him. But Peter began to preach to the people, preaching the kingdom of God. People um, accepted what he was preaching. 3,000 souls were added. And we learned that through uh, those 3,000 souls, they had to be taught. They were put up under the apostles' doctrine to be taught. And as they were taught, they were disciples. So they would go out and make disciples. When you get in Acts chapter 4, we see that was 5,000 more souls that come into the kingdom. So we know everybody was being taught the things concerning Jesus Christ through those apostles. So we're up to the point now of dealing with, we know the apostles was making disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. Those disciples was making other disciples. Everybody was getting taught the same thing. They were getting taught up under the apostles' doctrines. Why? Because the apostles were the ones that was laying the foundation. It was coming from who? The apostles and the prophets is the ones that laid the foundation concerning Jesus Christ. But the apostles of the Lamb was carrying on what Jesus said. 
Now what I want to go over, we went over the disciples, how disciples are made. Disciples make disciples. Sheep begot what? Sheep. So the point we're at now, I was teaching on elders last week. You have the apostles. You have um, the disciples. So when we look now at the elders, I broke it down to let you understand where the elders uh, come from or came from. And I got you another scripture I want to give you to start here and then go over what I went over last week because I want to make sure everybody understand. And the reason why I'm bringing up elders is to let you know there have to be a leader up over the ones that's in the body of Christ. There has to be someone to lead. All of us work together as a body because we're one in Christ, but you still have to have somebody to lead, you know, that body. So let's look at Numbers 11, chapter, um, chapter 11, verses 16 through 17. And I'm going to tell you what was going on here in um, Numbers chapter 11. What was going on, the people um, were complaining and they were mummering. Man, don't we do a lot of that? They were complaining and they were mummering. And when they were complaining and mummering, it was because, too, that they were amongst a mixed multitude. And this mixed multitude that was with them um, fell in lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, who shall give us flesh to eat? So the mixed multitude stirred up the Israelites. That was some people that went with them out of Egypt that really wasn't a part of them. Anytime that you hang around folk... I'm just going to lay it out here, that it's not a part of you and don't believe what you believe, they're going to draw you or, or you're going to drive them. One of the way. It's a drawing and a driving. So what happened was they began to complain about what they used to eat when they were in Egypt. So the Israelites started complaining about, I remember when I was in Egypt. So you can bring a person out of Egypt, but you don't take Egypt out of them. I would always um, tell my son, I say, you can put another man in another state, but you ain't taken out of that man just because he's in that other state. And this is what we got to understand. But we look at how they began to complain. And as they began to complain, God began to tell Moses he was going to give them what they wanted. You know, through them complaining, they weren't satisfied with the bread from heaven. How many of us today... We have everything that we need. Heaven has given us everything on the inside of us, but we're yet not satisfied. We're always complaining that we don't have enough of this or we don't have enough of that. We have more of this, don't have um, more of that. You know, we always find something to complain about and, and not thankful for what we do have. If we have laundry detergent, you know, I have some, but that ain't enough. I need to go get some more. Then, you know, we try to keep up with different things. I have one box of cereal, but it's buy one, get one free. Let me get the other box. By the time you get to the other box, it's out of date. You don't want it no more. So we go a-lusting. Is that not right? We're always complaining, just like they were. They were never satisfied with what they had. So by them complaining so much, Moses, he was their leader. And being a leader, Moses' heart was towards the people. Whoever you are up under, their heart have to be for the people, not just for themselves. So Moses, he was hearing them crying at night. Can you imagine? Grown folk. <laughs> Grown folk. I'm going to say it again. Grown folk in their beds crying 
because they wanted some flesh to eat and couldn't have it. Have y'all ever cried over a piece of steak or some pork chop or some pig feet? You may not have tears coming out your eyes, but you get tired of eating hot dogs and you get tired of eating chicken. You want a steak tonight and you can't have it, so you're going to complain all night because you don't have the steak, right? You don't have what you want. This is what they were doing. So this is what Moses said, and I'm getting to that to get to where I am. Then Moses heard the people in verse 10 weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant, and wherefore have I found favor in thy sight, that these people, that thou layest the burden of all these people upon me? So what Moses was saying, I'm carrying all this burden for these people. So he was telling the Lord how he felt. It was a burden to Moses. Everybody whining, everybody complaining. He said, all of this is on me. So this is what God did. That's why I'm going to verse 16, how God handled this. Verse 16, I'm reading out the expanded Bible. The Lord says to Moses, bring, gather for me 70 of Israel elders, men that you know are leaders amongst the people. Bring them to the meeting tent and have them stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there. I will take some of the spirit that enables Moses to do his work that's in you, and I will give it to or put it on them. They will help you care for the people, bear the burdens of the people with you, so that you will not have to care for them, bear it alone. So this is what happened. He said, get the elders that are amongst you. Remember I said, in order for us to do a work for the Lord, we need the Spirit of God to come upon us. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come upon, but the Spirit of God could not dwell within. So he allowed some elders. He told Moses, get those elders. And elders were the older men. They were the ones that was wise. They were old age men. He said, get some of them leaders amongst the people, and I'm allowed the same spirit that's on you to be upon them. Why would God have to do that? Because God wanted the people to know, if my spirit is upon them, then you're going to know that I'm with them just like I'm with Moses. So what God did when the spirit of the Lord came upon them, they began to prophesy. And the people knew then, okay, the spirit of God that's on them, on Moses, is on these people. So now we know that God is with them. How do y'all think people know that God is with you? Your characteristics? When the power of God come upon you and a work is done that they know can't be done in the natural, they're knowing that the gifts of the Spirit are in operation in your life. This is why to have leaders in the body of Christ or to have disciples, followers of Jesus, you need the power to come upon you so people will know that God is with you, that man couldn't do this, that you couldn't do this yourself. It has to be the Spirit of God that's doing this work through you. Some of us take it lightly. Sometimes we want positions and we want people to call us by these titles, but nothing is following your title. It has to be some um, signs, some wonders, some things that's taking place in your life that's different from the natural. Let's say you walk in a per- on a person and this person is, they gave this person a death sentence. But the spirit of the Lord come upon you 
the spirit of the Lord come upon you. Let me say it again. The spirit of the Lord come upon you. Not you just quoting a scripture, but all of a sudden you walk in the room. You don't know what's going on, but God allow his power to come upon you. And you look at them and say, you know what? God is saying you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. You will come off of your bed of affliction. That's the power of God. They didn't tell you what was going on with them. But when you walked in the room, the power of God rested upon you. And when you opened your mouth, you were speaking what God said. Next thing you know, that person is up doing what they weren't doing before. And they know it was God. The doctors know it was God. The nurses know it was God. They checked the x-ray. It's not there no more. Why? Because you spoke as the spirit of God told you to speak. You didn't just speak because you knew a scripture. We can all speak a scripture. But when the gifts are in operation, you're going to see some quick manifestation. That's what happens. Some of us walk by faith and not by sight, meaning that things are still going on in our lives. And in the natural, they haven't changed. But by walking by faith and not by sight, we don't go on the natural, even though the report is saying that's what it is. We're walking supernaturally. But when those gifts come in operation, God can give you an immediate um, miracle and you don't have to wait. But until the immediate miracle come, you walking by and not by sight. That's how we get it mixed up. When the power of God come upon you to do a service, he's showing them right in the midst of you and them. I'm in the midst of this. So this is why we need the word and why we need to be in the word. So while we're waiting, we're waiting, knowing that this is what God said. That's what was happening to Abraham. Abraham was walking by faith. He was a man of faith. I'm going to accept God at his word, even though Sarah is old, I'm old, I'm going on what God said. I I know my body can't do what it's supposed to do, but God said that it's going to happen, so I'm going to go on that 25 years of standing in faith. That's why he was made righteous. But when those gifts come in operation, that's when you see things right then. So that's why you need to know the difference. So this is why God said, get those elders. These were the older men. I'm allowing my spirit to come upon them. And they're going to be able to lead you. They're going to be prophesying and they're going to know, wow, you're doing what Moses was doing. It was so funny. It was two of them, Eldad and what was the other name? Nedad. They were prophesying, but they weren't amongst them. They were somewhere else. And they was running to Moses saying, we need to tell them to hush. And Moses knew, okay, God met them where they were. Why did they need to hush? I'm paraphrasing it. But Joshua said, we could tell them to be quiet. I believe old Joshua was jealous because it didn't fall on Joshua. It fell on them. And Joshua, the one hanging with Moses, don't, that's how it worked, right? But this is why I'm going over this. They needed someone to lead them. Look at how God saw Yet again, remember we went in Exodus 18 when Jephro, which was the priest, he um, gave um, Moses wisdom. Moses was sitting there judging the people, you know, and he was letting them know what you do is going to wear you out. You need to get um, some able men and you need to have them, you know, teach them the laws, the ordinance, so the people can come to them. But God showed me this. He put them in different groups. He had some in thousands. He had some in fifties. He had some in tens. And God shared this with me. This is how it's supposed to be. If you have a church, a congregation, 
You only got 50 people in that congregation. Why in the world you got about 10 elders over 50 people? You don't need all that. This is why he gave them according to the number of people. You got a church that may have 200 people and you got about 40 elders in, in a church with 200 people. God, this is why you have to hear God and know what God is saying to do at that time. It don't mean a church have to be full of pastors and everybody with a title. Sometimes that brings confusion. That's why God told him. He said, get some over a thousand. Get some over this number, over that number, and let them judge. But the bigger matters would have to go to Moses. Why? Because Moses was the top. It always have to be a lead there. And it's going to be somebody up under that lead, but God's going to have somebody in the house that he has trusted to carry the vision that he, everybody in here can't have a vision. Not unless you are not in here. Because if God give you one, then everybody's supposed to honor the vision that God has given the one that he has given the vision to. So that's why, that's how we work together based upon what God is telling us to do. So that's Numbers 11, and this is why God done what he did, because Moses said it was too much for him. It was a burden. Um, Numbers 27, we went over that one last week. And this is why Moses asked God this question. And I'm going to go over that briefly. In Numbers 27, the reason why Moses was saying, okay, we need someone to lead these people is because Moses was going to die. Moses was not going to be there with those people no more because Moses did something outside of what God told him to do. The first time God told him to strike the rock, he did it. Second time, he told him to speak to the rock. The people made him mad, and he hit the rock because I believe he wanted to hit them people. But the water still come out of the rock. So he told Moses, you're not going to see, you're not going to be able to go into the promised land. I'll let you see it, but you're not going to be able to go into it. So Moses began to talk to God, and this is where we get Numbers 27:15. Moses said to the Lord, the Lord is the God of the spirits of all the people, the flesh. May he choose a leader for these people. Appoint someone over the community, assembly, congregation who will go in and out before them. He must lead them out like sheep and bring them in. The Lord's people, the community assembly congregation, must not be like sheep without a shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, this is verse 18, take Joshua, son of Nun, because my spirit is in him. Put and lay your hands on him and have him stand before Elzar the priest and all the people, the community, assembly, and congregation. Then give him his orders as they watch before their eyes. Let him share your honor so that all the Israelites will obey and listen to him. He must stand before Elzar the priest and Elzar will get advice from the Lord by using the Urim. At his command, all the Israelites will go out and at his command they will come in so what he was doing he was setting it up for Joshua so Moses laid hands on him but what did God do Moses went to who first Moses didn't decide on his own even though Joshua was with him all the time he still didn't decide on his own he went to God and God said Joshua so he was honoring God but he said now I want you to put 
him in front of the priest, put him in front of the people, lay hands on him. Why? Because what they were doing is ordaining him in front of those people to let the people know he's taking my place. The way you obey me, this is what you're going to do with him. So he put everybody together. You had Moses, you had Joshua, you had the priest, you had the people. Everybody was seeing things the way God was seeing things, not doing it the way man was doing things. This is why the churches have gotten out of order so much by letting the congregation decide when somebody preach if they need to be pastor. That's the most foolishness mess I have ever seen. Why? Because some people in the congregation is not saved. Some people don't have their life together. Some people they pull out of in and everywhere just to sit in to get an extra vote because that's who they want. And that's how they vote them in and vote them out based on man and not based on God. You, if you don't preach what we say preach, you out. It's based on the people. It must be based upon God and not the people. So that's Numbers 27. And then Exodus 3. I'm still dealing with how God is putting people in charge. So Exodus 3. We know this is when God had called who? Moses. God had called him. God was telling Moses, this is what I want you to do. So it started with who? Moses. And he said, gather the children, gather the elders of Israel together the mature teachers and tribal tribal leaders, those that are mature. You just don't go pull anybody out like a novice, like a younger person. And sometimes they consider um, a younger person, maybe in their 30s, maybe in their 40s, they consider them young and pull them out just because they're quoting the Bible. You have so many people that in certain families, because... They're making them look like little preachers at an early age. They put them up on the pulpit and they ain't doing nothing but quoting what the pastor is saying. I remember I was in a service, me and this other lady, and they had this little boy. He was a little boy then. And so they was lining us up about who would go. I said, don't make me no difference. You know, whenever you want to put me there, that's where I'll be. The little boy said, well, I want to go last. We already knew why he wanted to go last because he wanted people to exalt him. So the little fella got up there after we finished, and he said, I know him as my lawyer. And I'm like, when are you went to a lawyer? When are you had a charge? I know him as my doctor. I know him as my healer, and you on Tylenol. Come on, somebody. So this little boy was quoting the pastor because he was living up to the expectation of the pastor, and the congregation was going wild. And me and the lady was behind him doing just like that. Shaking our head because do you know who's going to hurt more? The boy, the little boy. Because he's thinking he's doing something unto the Lord, but it wasn't based on God. It was based on where the people had him. So that's why we wait on our ministry, y'all. We wait on him because everybody that says that God called them to do something, you let them wait it out for a while, you're going to see where they are. Because when God called you to do something, if you cannot disciple, make disciples outside the church, what do you think you're going to do inside the church? If you can't love your neighbor the way your neighbor need to be loved, you love yourself, how are you going to love a congregation? 
If you can't get along with your enemies, bless those who curse you, love those who hate you, how are you going to get along with a congregation? If you can't um, go on your job and treat people the right way, the way they need to be treated, and you in the church as a pastor, and, and people talking about you on the job and criticizing you because you ain't showing the love of God on the job, but now you going out and say, I love everybody, but hate people on your job. Or don't want to humble yourself when your boss is telling you, this is what I need for you to do. Well, why I need to do it? You ain't making them do it. They didn't ask you that. It ain't about them. It's about you. We're different. We are a light to the world. And as being that light, they must see his good works that's coming through us so he can. Did y'all get that part? So he can be glorified, not you. If you're trying to be glorified, then you full of pride. And where pride is, there is a fall. Even if we don't like what our boss is saying, we humbly submit ourselves as long as they ain't telling you to jump off the roof. That's when you humbly submit yourself. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You may be mad, but that's when you go to Abba Father. That's when you get your strength from him, from the help of the Holy Spirit, and keep your mouth shut. You may not like it, but guess what? You got a job. And you have to say, Lord, deal with me. So I can deal with them. Because at this point, I want to deal with them. So we have to go into the word. And we we can't be mumbling and complaining because it makes it worse. We have to humble ourselves. So God has to develop you in order to get you where you need to be for his kingdom. He's just not going to put a pastor behind a pulpit that don't know how to treat people. He's not going to put a pastor behind the pulpit that don't have a rebuker either. Did you know a pastor have to rebuke people? Some people feel like you don't supposed to rebuke people. You supposed to just say, you'll be all right. If that person going to fall in the ditch and they keep falling in that ditch, you're going to keep letting them fall in the ditch. Or you're going to say, before you fall in that ditch, let me tell you why you falling in that ditch. I don't want you to fall in there again. So come here. Hello, somebody. So don't be putting titles in front of your name and you can't even open your mouth when it's dealing with confrontation. When somebody is out of order, it's your job to bring them back in with the word of God and not saying, well, Lord, I'm just going to pray, pray that it get better. Please. No. Yeah, you want to pray that it get better, but you want to pull them aside and you want to let them know. God chastises them. How many have children in this room? Can I ask you a question, Manny? If your daughter is wrong, I'm saying daughter because I know you got daughters. If they're wrong and you see that they're wrong and they're staying in your house, are you just going to let them stay wrong and just pray about it? If they're dumping Kool-Aid all over your floor, you're going to go in there and shut the door. Lord, I pray that they don't spill no more Kool-Aid on that floor. Lord, please don't let them spill. no. They didn't mean no harm, God. They ain't going to do it no more. Or are you going to pull them aside and say, you spilling too much Kool-Aid in this house? Did that make sense to y'all? How can you pray about something and not tell? How a person going to know that they're wrong if you don't show them that they're wrong? When you when you run a stop sign, when that cop stop you, do he just look at you without telling you what you done? Hello, what do he ask you? Do you know? You ran that stop sign? And my response is, what stop sign? (laughs) Let's be real, because you didn't see it. Tell the truth. 
You're saying what stop sign? So he's going to tell you. Everybody have to tell somebody what they do wrong. So you got to be raised up in a position. I get so tired of people want position, but cannot even follow through in their own home and in their own marriage. But they want to come into church and they want to tell somebody something and don't even know how to pull a trash can back in the proper spot. Can't empty trash at home, but want to empty trash in the church. You got to empty your trash first before you come out here trying to empty any trash. Because guess what? These wives are watching. You think I'm going to let my husband without telling him. Come here, baby. You smell something. Sniff around. What you smell? I smell garbage. Well, do you think that you need to empty that? Church trash can clean. Ain't nothing in it. That makes sense to you? See, that's why we have to make sure our homes are in order first before we try to come into church and get everybody else in order. That was just some extra there. (laughs) Exodus 3. So what were we talking about in Exodus 3? He called them mature leaders. And the Lord, when he called them mature elders, that's what elders are. They're older men. They're mature he called, told Moses to get them together because they were leaders over the people. Can you imagine? They even in Egypt and they got some elders over them that they can go to. And he said, this is what I want you to tell the elders, what I have told you. I want you to take them in when you go to Pharaoh. So those are elders. We went over Exodus 18. Now I'm going to go to the New Testament. In the New Testament, it was being brought over from the old because they're still up under the old, right? So I'm bringing this out in Matthew 15, verse 2. He said, Why do thy disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. So I'm bringing out these elders here. These elders are still older men that was chosen amongst the people to actually lead the people. So the people looked up to the elders. So they were saying, why do you have them coming against what the elders have laid down? See, these traditions that they had was outside of what God um, was telling them to do. They were adding to it. So those are the elders there. Matthew 21, 23. Um, this is dealing with when Jesus went in the temple. Remember when they were selling things in the temple and Jesus was saying that they were making his house of prayer a den of thieves. So he threw all that stuff over um, because he knew it shouldn't have been happening in the temple. So when you get to verse um, 23, they were questioning Jesus and say, who gave you the authority? Who gave you the right to come up in here and do what you've done? So they were questioning Jesus about that because they had elders there. They had um, the chief priests. They had all of these people and they had order in that place and Jesus coming in he just took over so they said what authority do you who gave you this authority to come up in here and here we are you got the chief priest you got the elders and you're going to go over all of us and you're going to throw some tables over in here who you think you are I'm God (laughs) so Jesus had the authority he had the right but see they looked at him outside of who he really was 
So this is why I use this scripture to show you they had ranks, they had orders that they went over and they were questioning Jesus about what he was doing. So those were the elders. And let me tell you about what the scripture, um, the Greeks say on those. These were members of the great council or the, or the Sanhedrins. It said, because in early times, the rulers of the people, the judges were selected from the elderly men. So they were included with the Sanhedrins and they were selected from elderly men. So when you went um, before the council, you saw those elderly men there and they considered them amongst the San Sanhedrins. So that was a scripture. Acts 6 verse 5 is telling about the elders and the teachers of the law. They were assembled together in Jerusalem. And the reason why they were assembled together, when things got out of order, you had to stand before them. So those apostles, y'all know what happened with the lean man in Acts chapter 3, and the power of God was evident. They were upset at what they were teaching, so they brought them before this council. You had the elders there, you had the rulers there, and you had the teachers of the law there. So when you got out of order, you had to stand before all of these people, and the elders was uh, amongst those people. So see, they had their order. They had their way of doing things. So that's Acts chapter 4. and Acts chapter 6, um, we see what was happening in here too. Things got stirred up and they had to go before the elders. They had to go before the scribes. And they had to stand before the council to be judged. So you see elders there too. The reason why I'm pointing out the way they use elders, because when I get to the point of elders being over the churches, you're going to understand the difference. And the reason why, well, I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to stop there. Um, and also I gave you John chapter 8, verse 9. It's talking about older men. Remember one of the definitions for an elder is an older man or an older woman. So that was John chapter 8, verse 9. And Acts 2, 17, when um, Peter was talking about the spirit of God coming upon um, people and how it was prophesied saying that um, young men shall see visions and old men shall dream dreams this is talking about the elder the older men so I want to break down elder and how it's used throughout the bible so when I get to next Tuesday if it's the Lord's willing I'm gonna go into elder um, shepherd um, what else they call them bishops I'm going to go in all that and let you know how they use that for the churches. And the reason why everything is lining up, because even in the old, you had somebody that was leading. And even when you go to the new, um, you still had those elders there where people looked up to those elders still because they were older. They were selected to be before the council. So we're going to continue on next week. Um, to go over all of that seemed like a lot but when you pull it all together you'll get more understanding and it won't seem like a lot because you can pull from either one of these scriptures and use these elders interchangeably they're still older men older women that um, they use they select it because they were mature and they've been there for a long time and they knew all of the rules they knew all the laws so those are the ones that they put in place. So saying that, I'm not going to keep you any longer, but what I am going to do, because y'all know what we do, I need maybe three people 
this three. Just three people. I know I got Tyson. Tyson just grabbed the mic and I'll tell you what I want. Some of y'all wait and say, I got to see what you're talking about first before I go up there. And that's a, just a shame. How is it y'all won't come up here? Won't come up here. You got to go out there. This is helping all of us to know what we have learned so far. All right, Calvin is coming up here. Got two. So this is what I want for the past two Tuesdays. I need for you to go over briefly what I taught and then wrap it up with tonight. Just, just open up your heart and tell me what you have learned through what has been taught so far.
Amen. Now, I want to say this. I don't know if y'all noticed this. Remember they sent them out in twos? You see how one was helpful of the other? That's how it's supposed to be. Tyson said, well, let me say this right here, this part right here, and let me help you out right here. But that's what we do. We're helpers of one another. So that means that if you got two people working together, if one person ain't here, the other one's going to step up. That way you're not going to miss anything. So he sent them out in twos because they were there to help one another, and they were taught the same thing. You never want to walk together unless you agree. You cannot walk together with a non-believer and you a believer and say, let's go pray for somebody. No. No, how about I go pray and you go home? <laughs> See, that's how you got to do this stuff. You, you just don't do that. So we have to know God's way and not man's way. And I'm still missing one person. I didn't forget. I knew it was going to be you over there from that side. Come on, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. What stood out to me in the past couple uh, weeks was it started with the disciples. We know that the disciples were followers of Christ, the learners of Christ. And um, when he went up on, when Jesus went up on the mountain to pray, he was seeking God about what to do next. And so when he came down off the mountain, God had given him who to choose as his, the 12 that he was, that were going to be his apostles. And I thought that really stood out to me that, you know, we try to do things on our own, and yet Jesus, we know who he was, and he had no sin in him, and we know he had he was full of wisdom, but he still sought God. He didn't pick him out on his own. I thought that was really, you know, something to think about. And so he chose he chose his, the lambs, as they call them, the lamb, the, the apostles' lambs, and... All of those were people that had been with him the whole time. So when, um, when they were in the upper room and they had to replace Judas, um, that was kind of what that was something they that they knew. Okay, it's got to be somebody who's been with us from the beginning. It couldn't be. Um, it, it had to be somebody that saw everything. A true witness. They were witnessing what Christ done, and they were witnessing what he taught. And so it couldn't be, well, um, Sister Kathy told me that he did such and such. No, I saw it for myself, so I, I'm, I'm a true witness of it. And so that's um, how they, their um, guidelines for who they chose. Um, and then it, it, was, it followed through the same way um, later on when it got to the elders of the church. You know, they said, um, the, the apostles said, why should we leave our word to go take care of the people? You know, choose men who are in the church who have wisdom and, you know, they knew by their lifestyle, you know, that, that's how they, they chose. Um, and back in the, um, with Moses, when it started with the elders, because we were talking about this, I said, how many times have we read that about Exodus and all, and you never, it never stood out about the elders. But they were all, um, the Israelites were a, you know, it started with the, with the children, the 12 um, sons, and it was a tribe, so they were used to, you know, you think about your own family and the older ones in the family that had wisdom, mm-hmm. and, you know, you kind of seek those out. Those are the ones that are kind of like the the leaders, the, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the same way. It's a leader of a tribe. It's a leader of that clan, and so think about how many Israelites there were, and so it makes sense that they would kind of have a um, groups and they would have elders, 
So um, when Moses went to them, you know, that was um, God's way also, I guess, of um, saying, I've told Moses to do this. This is, you know, like putting his stamp of approval on it. Um, Amen. Amen. That's three. Tyson said he got something else to say. Um, pastor said the doors of the house is open, God is in his place come grab him when we was talking about being in due with the Holy Spirit, sometimes you, you catch some people that that just gets in the spirit right then, we all we all have to watch how we do this because if you look at the past two weeks every setting that Jesus been in, when he was talking about being in due with the Holy Spirit he always would put somebody in charge, Mary. That was Peter. Peter, Peter, he denied him three times, you know, before the cock crowed. Um, but guess what? He didn't give up. Jesus knew that Peter, who he was, he knew his heart. See, that's why we don't have to uh, be judgmental of somebody in the church today. That's why whoever here, you don't give up on Christ. You keep on reading the word. The fire will come if you're true at heart at this. Because Peter, at, at you know, when he was in the upper room out of 120, this is this this just captured me. There was there was men from all nations there, and when they were speaking, they were speaking in tongues. If you read the word, Peter called them all out, but he was speaking in tongues. He called out all 120 of them. But guess what? If he'd have gave up. And if God didn't know, and, and God knew that Peter, he knew his heart. And so Peter was the one that he chose to speak in the upper room out of everybody because God knew. So you never know who and what God had or who he put in charge. So we have to continue to pray for one another, even when you see somebody that seems like they're shy or whatever, you never know where they're going to become tomorrow. So God has got people just like he did Mary. He told Mary to go tell the rest of them. That was an important role that she played. But the thing that captured me in that was when, he, when she went back and told Simon and Peter, thank you, Holy Spirit, when he told them they believed her. Because why? We should believe each other here because we all are followers. We serving the same God, the one God. We, we, we all should know we are under the one blood. So we all should, should believe each other and never give up on each other just because at first you can't go by what it looks like or what it sounds like. But when, when he put people in charge and she picks people, she knows. So only thing I'm saying is everybody here, keep on reading the word and, and believing it. And, and if you believe it, you receive it, the fire. And so everybody in the past few weeks, He's always put somebody in charge for every situation. So we, one person here cannot run every situation. It takes all of us, the body is what make it. And guess what? We all got gifts. And whoever it is, there's somebody in here right now. They can look at somebody else with that think they're, they're high up here, but God's got your number. You can't run, you can't hide. There's no reason for you to try. He's got your number. He knows where you are. 
You just can't get by. So keep on praying because I'm telling you right now, God can use every one of us. Amen. Just like he did. Amen. He can use every one of us. Like Tyson said, everybody got a place in the body of Christ. Amen. Tyson had to bring that out. And I believe that was brought out for a reason because I was just getting ready to say something. And I think he, he said it. He wrapped it up. Just because we don't see a person the way we need to see them, that's not the way God sees them. God looks at the heart. Somebody can work their behind off and don't be in the word. Be on time. Do everything you ask them to do, but they ain't in the good book. Being on time, doing everything you do, ain't going to help you when situations come if you ain't in that word. It takes that word. You can be on point, but if you're not in here when stuff pop up, you ain't going to know how to answer. You're supposed to have an answer. You're supposed to know how to answer according to this word. That's why God watch you and see how well you do things. Being on time is good. Don't get me wrong. It's very good. But if you are a servant of the Lord, the most high, everything is going to be the way he wants it to be. You're not going to do one thing and can't do the other because of the heart that you have that come from God. You want to make sure that you well-rounded and you keeping things the way God want them to be because God going to watch you. He's going to see if he, can, if he can trust you in this area, if he can trust you with these set of people. How you acting in this area? How you acting in that area? God's going to do it, and he's going to speak to that leader, and he's going to say, I want you to pull that one out right there because he's seeing their track record, and it's not just hitting and missing. He know their heart. Amen? So he's going to look at the heart. Everybody want to talk now, right? I want to share something how... Um God used Tyson and tonight. I learned um, also, too, we can be in the word, but not step out in faith like tonight. How the guy stepped out and I don't know what they had to do. I learned when I worked in Fort County and I was seeing the school, I learned about a lot of things. But I'm the type of person, I want to put my hands up and do it. When you go out and do it, you can get in your heart. Because we can also read the word, not act on it, so we don't have faith that we can do it. So by me sitting in class learning stuff, I, 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 can, I can learn it, but I really got understand when I went out and did it. So like I said, we get in this word that Tyson said and go out and trust God, have faith to do it, we feel more comfortable doing it. Hears and doors. Hears and doors. You got to be a hearer. You hear first, but in order to, if you heard it, you should be doing it. So if you don't do it, it's like you haven't heard it. So it's just like you guys. Like he said, you sitting here, you getting taught. But if you're not going out doing what you got taught, you didn't hear it. And if I'm seeing the same thing coming from you, that's telling me you didn't hear what I said. Because if you heard what I said, you'd be doing what you heard. So that tells me where you need to be in the body of Christ. It's the same repeated pattern. So that's telling me you couldn't have heard that. Because the way you're doing things is not lining up with what you told me you heard. Amen. We're going to announcements. I think you got an announcement, right? Any more now?